Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Coach Taku. I'm here with the magical, vibrant, radiant Christina. And today we're covering a really, really dark anime, Death Note. And if you've never heard of Death Note, haven't watched it, it is an older anime, but it's pretty well known. And the synopsis, the storyline for Death Note is as follows. You have Light, who's a high school student. And one day he finds this journal that is entitled Death Note. And he figures out that if he writes someone's name in it, they die. And he can actually put a description on how they die. And to the T, they will die the way that he described. Now, along with the Death Note comes a death spirit, God. I'm not really sure what he is, but he's this entity from a very dark world. Um, And he tells him that He can kill as many people as he wants, but in the end, he's going to end up taking Light's or the high school student's life. So both of them are bored. Light is a high school student who is really, really smart, but he's bored with life. And the the death god spirit is also really bored because there's not much to do in his spirit world. So they both find a win win in partnering with each other. And the spirit says, kill as many people as you want. In the end, I'm going to take your life, but I just want some entertainment during this period of time. And what Light wants, he wants, um, he wants to create a world with peace, with no criminals, with no bad, with like just peace, prosperity, everyone being happy. And to that end, he also wants to become the God of this world, which I know is a little idealistic and grandeur, but just, just go with it. In the process, though, as he's killing all these criminals and bad men, bad guys, quote unquote, there's an organization that's out to get him because he's officially a killer, right? So we are introduced to L. And there's now this like dynamic between L and Light and who's going to win this this battle. Yeah. And so you may be wondering, how is Death Note coachable? And I'll tell you, it's not for the potato chip scene. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's so memed. I'd say go on YouTube right now, look up Death Note Potato Chip, have a good laugh, come back to this episode. Because folks, what we're talking about today is righteousness. (laughs) So specifically, righteousness is a coaching concept. Here's the thing. For these characters, and we're going to go into it as we talk about the series, righteousness is very black and white. There is their way of doing things, and there's the highway. And as coaches, oftentimes where Mary and I look is, what do we get from being right? And what, if anything, does it actually cost us? Because oftentimes where this conversation has the biggest impact is seeing how it affects our relationships, our partner, our teams, our friends, our family. 
and how it even affects our leadership, who would be willing to follow us or not based on how righteous we are about our cause. And so I think this is the perfect series to really dive into this topic because it's dramatic as fuck. It's like, I think light might be my OG edgelord in anime. And shout out to all of the boys in high school that grew their hair out and burnt it, learning how to use a flat iron so that they could cosplay this dude at conventions because it's the cheapest closet, closet, closet cosplay available. And that's my righteousness. So before I go on a tangent, Mary, where are we starting with this crew? So I thought it'd be actually interesting, Christina, if we talk about like the relationship between Light and L. So L is is also he's young. He looks almost like he's Light's age. And he's the one who's in charge of catching uh Light, who also is known as Kira, or you know, it's like the Japanese way of saying killer. Um <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> just is. And so, and we'll refer back to it back and forth because for the longest time, Elle doesn't know the identity of this person and he's trying really hard to figure it out. The thing about the relationship that's really interesting is that both Elle and Light have this really hardcore righteousness that they're approaching life from and that they're making choices from. So for Elle, his motivation, his righteousness comes from the sense of justice, of catching a serial killer he's like i have to catch him so that he can stop killing idealistic and sounds great and then for light he's like i don't want there to be any more murders any more wars i don't want there to be any more killings in the world and so he's also approaching it from this you know idealistic place and that's where his righteousness comes from i think where the problem starts is that they're using any means necessary to meet their goal and that's based on this hardcore attachment that they have to be in right. So we'll see some examples as we go through. But Christina, are there any in particular that kind of stood out for you that you were like, oh, my God, that that's the moment that I was like, I don't know about this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I was joking about this infamous potato chip scene. But this is like so for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, once Light realizes that this Death Note thing is legit, that it actually works. He spends like an entire evening pretending he's doing homework in his room and actually just running down a list of people that he thinks should be dead. And, you know, they're everyone from criminals to corrupt politicians to like you need like people that have wronged other people. And when I saw this high school student who realizes that that these deaths are real, it's not a joke just immediately flip the switch and go, okay, cool. Time to start killing. That was, that was intense. Like that was weird. And the, like, and even watching Ryuk, this Shinigami, like his face get like all giddy and this like, you know, plastered on grin in the background. It's like, this is malicious. And so right from the get-go, you see how light's righteousness is, a, is on a really skewed concept of morality. But I think what's interesting is L also has some skewed sense of morality because for him, like, you know, he's the good intentions guy. He's here to catch this killer, to apprehend Kira, to put an end to all this. But part of what L cares about in his righteousness is being smarter than light. And we could talk about how they ping off of each other in that way. But one of the first moments that you see L choose to be right 
over necessarily choosing to be moral is he stages a press conference and he has it, he has someone pose as him during a news briefing and give out his name. And he does this on purpose because he knows that once his name is spoken, that Light will write it in the death note. And so this person who poses as L is killed almost immediately. And L has no remorse for that because the person he's chosen was an inmate on death row. And it's a really skewed perspective for me, which, you know, you could argue that death row and things like that are a gray area of righteousness and morality as it is, but like, I'm not here to make it political. Where I'm here to point to is here's someone that we want to represent good. But what I notice with the character of L is sometimes more so than representing good. It's like he wants to represent being better than the other. And I think that that's how these two play off of each other. What about you, Mary? What are some of the like peak consequences of righteousness that you've encountered in this series? So many, Christina. I mean, I, I, the whole series is super dark. And there's, I think the Shinigami Ryuk is one of the, one of the light moments in this series when he eats apples and that those moments when he's just like in the background doing his thing is probably, are probably the only moments of lightness that we get in the series. But I think there's also, in terms of talking about their righteousness, there's a cost to that, that each one takes. And for Al, we can see that kind of cost him in the sense of his physical sense like he doesn't sleep he has dark circles under his eyes and we can see that his interpersonal relationships are really affected like he has no friends the only people around him are the police force and 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 light and he, he light is probably his closest friend but also the person that he suspects the most of being kira so you see how there's a cost to this righteousness and it's really affecting him both physically and mentally. There's like no life for him outside of this space. It's like the righteousness has such a hold on both of them that there's nothing outside of it. And that's where I think it becomes extremely detrimental to both in a different way. And we can also see this for light who, whose relationships are also suffering as a result. Like light has family. He has friends. He could create something different for himself, but instead he just chooses to push with this persona and chooses to keep going with death note at the cost of everyone around him, including himself. Yeah. And you know, one thought that I had while you're speaking, Mary, and, um, this literally just came to me right now. We didn't talk about this in our prep for the episode, but I mentioned earlier how righteousness costs us in relationships, but it also costs us as leaders. And I think you can really see that when you look at who follows L's leadership and who follows Light's leadership. Because with L, on one hand, you're like, oh, well, he's on the good side. So, you know, the police officers and the detectives and the government and the people that support L, like that, that must be a good thing. But because L creates his righteousness from a place of always knowing more than people or knowing better than people, no one that he leads gets to be equal to him. Like all of these people with power and skills and intelligence and resources relate to them as less than L. And so they're always just sort of 
hanging back and waiting to be told what to do and waiting to be given the answer. And so the the consequence of El's righteousness there is that he doesn't actually create followers or teammates or partners that see themselves as capable of working with him. Instead, they all work for him. And then with Light, I mean, talk about creepy. Like Most of Light's followers are cult-like to the point where, uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, by the end of the series, when Light does eventually meet his demise, the funeral procession that's held for him, everyone's wearing like dark cloaks, like they're hiding their identities. Like it's, again, it's very cult-like. Because for light, his righteous thinking perpetuates and gives permission to other extremists to believe in their righteousness. And so it's super dangerous because righteousness breeds righteousness. And so there are people that even step up that are willing to die for light's cause. And we see some of that relationship manipulation. I don't know if you want to go into it at all, Mary. But again, it's not like the lead, like light as a leader doesn't hold anyone as equal to him. They're just pawn pieces to move his game forward. And I would assert that for most of us heading into the, you know, 2021 and beyond, that's not the leadership style we would crave from people with power. Yeah. You know, I think one of the most heartbreaking moments for me, Christina, out of all of this is that both light and L are extremely smart, are extremely capable and talented. I mean, the kind of thought to be able to find a killer, catch a killer, the kind of thought that takes to say, hey, I want the world to be create, to be a better place. I want it to be without war. And to actually have the tools and talents necessary to execute it and to use the people around you in a certain way um, is pretty unbelievable and it's pretty admirable. And I think where the heartbreak comes in for me is to watch these two together play against each other instead of with each other. Because one of the things that came up for me as I'm I'm watching this is like I kept thinking, what if what if Al doesn't actually try to catch light? What if instead of trying to catch him, he actually makes tries to make him renounce Death Note and create something different together as friends, as partners? Because my assertion is that there's a lot of love between them, even though they're trying to play this game of, you know, like catch together. And I think one of the moments that this comes, you know, this comes into play is actually the episode where um, Al dies, where he faces light and says, have you ever in your life told the truth? And for me, it's like each one of these characters actually sees each other for what they are, for what they truly are. And there's still a lot of respect and admiration between them, even though they're out to get each other. And that's where my heartbreak comes in because I was like, what if they could just work together, create something different, but no. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's even an important thing to mention because earlier at the top of the episode, we talked about what do we get from holding on to being right and what does it cost us? And so part of what we outlined here is like, hey, being right usually means you're really charged around whatever cause you have. Whether that's a good cause or a bad cause, clearly you believe in it and you're willing to fight for it. But to what you were saying, Mary, part of what it costs us is the uh, 
ability to see how else it could go. Like we act, it's interesting. These men are so intelligent, but they can't see a way to use their intelligence beyond what they're already right about. And I think, you know, I think in a lot of ways, when light does eventually succeed at killing L, I think part of why his demise is inevitable is because he loses the fire. Like there is actually something exciting about having an equal, even if that equal was against him. And so similarly, I wonder like, oh, well, what if they could have been equals on the same side of the cause? Like what if they actually just brought different ways to create the same solution and that's how they fought each other rather than, no, we're going to see who can kill the other person first, essentially. Yeah. And that's a coaching conversation. Just to bring it back, it's like, I know we've talked about leadership, but I think relationships is also a really good place to look at this from. It's like, what do we get from being right in a relationship? You know, when our partner, our friend, our family member is holding on to that attachment to that, whatever they're being right or whatever you're being right about. And I think what's missing for, for me from light and L is that there's no higher commitment outside of their righteousness to their cause. But when we think about ourselves and our relationships, well, what's the higher commitment and what would have us actually look outside of being right? So whether it's love or whether it's joy or fun in partnership, whatever it is, that's actually higher than our righteousness. And that's actually the place to look when we're, <laughs> when we're in that space where we're like, no, but I'm right. And then think about the cost of it too. Like, what is it costing you to be right? And is it worth it? Yeah. You know, I even think about it. One of the relationships that we haven't touched on that much is Light's relationship with uh, Misa and, uh, real quick, Misa, she's a Kira fanatic. You know, she very quickly lets it be known that she would do anything for Kira and that she believes in him and believes in his goal. And she's also a, a beautiful, sweet high school girl. And so light realizes that he has the opportunity to manipulate this person to help continue to give him an alibi to move further along in his game. And I think something that's really heartbreaking about it is I'm pretty sure Death Note's creator in an interview back in the day actually said that it would be impossible for Light to fall in love with someone. Like with the way that he imagined Light as a character, it would be impossible for him to truly love someone. And what's really heartbreaking about that is just realizing how manipulated Misa is and how willing she is to be manipulated. Like her alignment with Kira and, and Light's righteousness has her give up her own self-worth and self-identity. And it, that's definitely one of the relationships that feels the most tragic to me. Because Misa, in a lot of ways, her immaturity and her naivety like almost reminds you of a young child. And it's, it's hard to see her go through this thinking that she's being loved and adored and really she's just being used. Yeah, I think it's also hard to watch because you can see that she's one of the characters whose life could go really differently just because she has that sweetness around her. And yes, she's made some bad choices, but you can see that there's actually a way out for her out of this and that she doesn't have to keep going the light and L way. But she's so, quote unquote, in love with light 
so wanting to impress him and wanting to be around him and wanting to help him and support him that she does so at the cost of her own well-being and at the cost of her own sanity, mental health, all the things. And it's actually really sad to just watch her journey. But I think this is the cost for light because it's not only just Misa who's at a detriment and L, but also his dad, who's like the chief of the police and who's working with L to catch him. And I think one of the moments that I was like, why, Christina, why? Was when we see that um, L Light is forced to renounce Death Note because he gets he gets caught by L and he's trapped in jail. And in order not to give away anything, he renounces Death Note. And so he forgets. And for like, I don't know, maybe two or one or two episodes, they're actually working together to to catch himself. And you see this different dynamic from them. And then there's a moment where he he comes back to Death Note and remembers everything. And you're like, this is the moment. This is the time where he can choose. He can choose out of this, renounce it again, live a different life, be happy with Misa, create something new. But no, he's so caught up in his righteousness and this crazy idea that he instead chooses back, chooses the death note again, which is so, it's so sad. And it's like, why did you do this? Why not choose out? Yeah, dude. I mean, righteousness is a very particular poison. And, you know, I know we've joked about the drama of the series, but how how perfect is it that the symbol of this righteousness is called the death note? Like, you can't get more severe than that. Which is why, like, I want to bring this back for people. So righteousness exists, whether you're killing people in a notebook or trying to catch serial killers, or if you're just a regular person like the rest of us. And so what I hope that you get from this episode is your righteousness likely will never look as extreme as these characters. But my assertion is you probably still are right about something somewhere in your life. And so if you're open to getting curious about it, what I would really encourage you to do is answer that question we asked at the beginning. Hey, what are you right about? What do you get from holding on to being right? And what is being right costing you? And again, if if you want to assert nothing, it costs me absolutely nothing. One place as a barometer check that we would offer is just look at your relationships. Like just, just be clear, like if you weren't right, how would it be different with your partner? If you weren't right all the time, what friends might you have now that you didn't have before? Or similarly, what friends might not be in your life anymore? Because again, righteousness doesn't need to be this level of dramatic or edgy for it to have an impact on you. So Mary, as we wrap things up, any final thoughts about Death Note or series for the future or anything like that? Um, I think what I would leave with everyone is that we're always here to have the conversation with you. You're not in it alone. And if you need the additional support, we're definitely here and around. And I think the other thing is, yeah, I just want to bring it back to like, what's the higher commitment? Because I know we also pointed to like leadership. And this is a conversation that happens everywhere. You know, you could take this into like the more touchier topics, just like politics and religion. But like, what is it does it cost you to be right about where you are? And do you still want it to go that way? That's a conversation to have. And if you need additional support, DM us, reach out. If you like this episode and you like this particular anime, let us know too. 
Yeah. And related to how much you like the series, you know, I looked it up real quick just just to double check. Death Note is back from 2006. And so my follow-up questions are, do you want us to cover other series from that time period? Because I feel like early Y2K released some bangers. And similarly, I, it dawned on me, this is the first anime we've covered where the protagonist is the villain. And so the other thing I want to know is what other series do you want us to cover where the main character is either the villain or perhaps the anti-hero of the series? I know one I've been dying to cover is Code, Code Geass. So if anyone has any interest in that, you know, thumbs up, like the posts, you know, let us know in a live. We'll be chatting about this Death Note episode uh, after its release on Friday evening. And you could put those comments there as well on Instagram. And as always, thank you so much for listening. We love hearing from you. We love the support. Please let us know. Yeah. Catch you next week or in 20 minutes when you binge the next episode. Love you all. Thank you for watching Coach Taku. If you liked this episode, please share it and consider subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, Coach Taku Pod, C-O-H-C-H-T-A-C-U-P-O-D, or email us at coachtakupod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host. In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at herextinaroar on Instagram. And you can follow Mary at raven5130 on Instagram. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.